0: loving people. Can you say loving people? people. Yes, this is uh, something that was on my heart, and obviously there's 201-ers in this room, elders, elders, deacons. Um, So this would be review for us, and if the 201-ers have done their homework right, they will notice a few things from their 201 book, from their Disciples Make Disciples book, and we'll see if the deacons remember going to be a quiz pop quiz just kidding <laughs> they all got nervous <laughs> on this they're like <laughs> but though it's an elementary type of thing you know to talk about loving God loving people it's also something that we say in our church every week so it shouldn't be elementary to us right we need to keep it fresh in our hearts it shouldn't be something that we put to the wayside oh that's for new Christians that's something that they talk about when you first get saved No, this is something that we're going to be doing for the rest of our life. Because what is our vision? Amen. MPI's vision is loving God and loving people. These are the two greatest commands. If you could turn to Matthew 22, we're going to read what Jesus said to the Pharisees as they've asked him what command was the best. So let's turn there. Matthew 22, verse 34. And it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together and one of them, an expert in the law, he's so smart, tested him in this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So we can understand that if you take these two categories of loving God over here, loving people over here, and if you just take the Ten Commandments and go through them, every command can go under one of those two categories. Do not murder, Okay, I'm going to love my neighbor. Do not steal. I'm going to love my neighbor. Do not have idols. I'm loving God. Everything that you do, you can take the commands and put it into those two different places. Amen? All right. So I want to talk about loving people today. There are two ways that we teach in this church that you can love people. Does somebody know one of them? Ha, ha, ha. Yes, okay, so TJ and Lawrence, they're a team, I guess. They're team A over here. They got preached the gospel to them. Yes, that is one way that you can love people. What is the other way that we teach people in this church that you can love people? Did you just say rebuking? (laughs) By preaching the gospel to him and rebuking them. No, (laughs) that's incorrect. Come on now, y'all. It's not that hard. Yes, I'll give that one to Malia, team A. Team B is going to get it, okay? And it's so funny because it's on the wall behind you. So next time, next time, now you guys know. Someone says, what does it mean to love God? You know it's to worship God with passion and obey his commands. Loving people, help in times of need, and preach the gospel. Okay, that is it. That was, that was harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I thought that that one was just like an easy, easy thing. It means that we need to study a little better in this place, huh? And read the signs in the church, <laughs> okay? Whatever sign is on the wall, I just suggest that you read it. It is important, that's right. So, the way that we love people is to take care of them in their times of need. And to preach the gospel to them. Do I have any gospel preachers? Come on. Do I have any generous people that want to help people in their time of need? Amen. Come on. We're going to love people. And we have to understand that every person on this earth, no matter who they are, how far they are from God, where they live, where they come from, they are all made in the image of God. So that adds what to them? Value. Come on. Every single person, no matter how far they are from God, and we are living in wicked days. We see some people far from God, and sometimes they look hopeless. Like, I'm, I don't know if I should preach to that one. That one might be too far gone. But because they are made in the image of God, they are valuable. So if we put all of the riches of the world on this side of the room, if we put the Lamborghinis, the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton, the, the jewelry, the diamonds, all the money in the world, and we put one person on this side, which side has more value? The one soul has more value than all the riches in this world. Now, what if we put Joe Biden over there? He's still valuable. <laughs> He's still valuable. That's right. That's right. We still need to love him. Joe Biden is more valuable than all the riches in the world. Now, what if we put a transvestite, still valuable, more valuable than all the riches in the world? That is how God sees every individual that he has made. They are valuable. And we, as his children, need to be able to see past their sin and see the soul. And we need to value their soul. That is the heart of God. He cares about their soul. Come on. I've always loved the example that the 201 book teaches about Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Angry, right? And Dr. Truth. This is something that we can adopt in our lives as we are gospel preachers, as we go into the highways and byways, as we go into these neighborhoods that reject us, that hate us, that want nothing to do with the gospel, We need to adopt what this this 201 book has taught us about how to preach the gospel, how to love our neighbor. So as a person that has dealt with many health issues and have had cancer and and really important things that you don't want to have in this life, I understand this on a different level. I understand what it means to have a doctor Feel good versus Dr. Angry and Dr. Truth. I want a doctor to tell me the truth of what's going on in my body, right? I don't want a doctor to come into the room and be like, Got cancer, you're dying, peace out. Like, walks out the door. Like, what am I supposed to do? In those moments, it's such a vulnerable moment. You hear news that you've never heard before. You're getting something to wake you up and, Man, this is different. This is new. I'm not used to this. And then you just walk out the door and tell me that I'm basically nothing and I'm going to die. And then there's Dr. Angry, like, well, you're stupid. You probably did it to yourself, you know? <laughs> you did it to yourself. You got cancer because you did this, this, and this. See you later. Right. We want Dr. Truth, right? We want a nice doctor that comes in, sits next to us, understands that it's a scary situation, that you're hearing news for the first time that, that you've never heard before. You might get angry. You might cry. You might not want to accept what's being said, but that doctor is still going to tell you the truth. The doctor is going to tell you, hey, this is it, but there's a cure or here's the treatment plan. Here's the plan of how to get out of where you're at. We need to be Dr. Truth. Amen. We have had too many examples of Dr. Feel Good preachers. We've seen them on TV. They're the ones that come on TV and won't condemn sin. They're the ones that don't um, answer questions. They kind of tiptoe around. Is homosexuality a sin? Is this person going to heaven? Can you say that all Muslims will go to hell if they don't repent? It's like, well, I can't really say. That's Dr. good. That's preacher good. And we've had too many examples of those. And I want you to be very discerning and aware, and I know that you are, to understand that a, that a preacher that preaches a message, a feel-good message only because they don't want to offend and they don't want to hurt people's feelings or whatever the case may be, they're not only preaching that message to others, they're also preaching the same message to themselves. So those that are telling you, hey, I don't know if homosexuality is a sin, I don't know if you're going to go to hell, they're also telling themselves, hey, you commit adultery, I don't know if you're going to go to hell, it doesn't have to be a sin, and it won't take long for that fruit in their lives to show And we have seen it recently, right, with Carl Lentz. He was preaching the same message to himself that he was preaching on TV that we saw and that we were so angry about. Why won't you tell them the truth? Because he's not telling himself the truth. It will not take long for the fruit of their life to show. And they will expose themselves. Amen? Let's turn to Jeremiah 8, 11 through 12. People more concerned with themselves, their reputation, the way they dress, their ministries, their buildings, than actually concerned for the souls of men. That's what it looks like. He was more concerned with self than actually caring about a homosexual, actually caring about what somebody who is sinning is going to go into hell. He did not care. So let's go to verse 11. You got it? So they dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush, so they fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. Let's go to Luke 6, 22. Do not be a preacher that preaches a feel-good message, okay? You will be judged by God, and you will come down. 622, it says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Do I have any rejected folks in the house? (laughs) It's like, praise the Lord. We're so blessed. People hate us. (laughs) They insult me all the time. I feel so great. (laughs) Come on, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. Man, I just want to stop there for a second. I just can't wait to see the reward of my brothers and sisters that have endured some things in this life because of the name of the Son of Man. Even those in this room, you know, sometimes it's kind of bypassed. It's like, hey, that happens to all of us. You're going to be all right. Keep going. High five. But we're not the ones taking records. It's Jesus that's taking the records. He sees every single time you guys are rejected. He sees every single time on Facebook that they call you names, that they say things about you that are not true, that they start to go against your family, start to look for secrets in your life that they can't find. Come on, Jesus is taking records, and great is your reward in heaven. Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 24. It says, but woe to you. So he just gave the blessing, right? He blessed all y'all in this room, because you've all been insulted because of the Son of Man. Now he says, woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for, though, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Come on. The mark of a true, a good, right preacher is that you will be insulted, hated, and rejected because you bear the name of Christ. If everyone is speaking well of you and you're bearing the name of Christ, you're not doing something right. Amen? And you know, I feel like we're doing something right because the only time that we're not being insulted is when we're around each other. (laughs) That's like, everyone in our church, we feel so good when we're around each other. It's like family, I'm home, I could be myself here. But once we get out these doors, it's like, man... World War Three. they don't like us out there, but we're safe here. It's a safe place. <laughs> but come on, that is a mark of a good preacher. You will be hated because you bear the name of Christ. If someone says, I bear the name of Christ, and everybody likes me, or someone says, hey, I don't like that preacher, TJ, because he tells me this, this, and this, my pastor don't tell me that. My pastor said this. I want to go listen to him. Come on, woe to that preacher, amen? I don't want the woe from Jesus. I want the verses ahead. I would rather be hated in this life and considered blessed by God than loved in this life and have the curse of God on me. Come on, that's Dr. Feelgood. Don't be Dr. Feelgood. I'm going to stop calling him a doctor. He's a preacher now. Don't be preacher Feelgood, okay? Don't be preacher Feelgood. Preach the truth. Now there's Dr. Angry. Stink. Preach. Preacher Angry. (laughs) I keep saying doctor. All right. We're not going to say doctor anymore. Preacher Angry. You know the Westboro Baptist Church. Have you ever seen them? (laughs) You got to talk like this. I'm really bad at accents, so I'm probably not doing a good job, though I think I'm doing a good job. Thank you. I don't do accents very well. I get made fun of by my husband a lot. (laughs) But these preachers, we could say all day, we're not like them. We're not doing it like them. But we too need to guard our hearts because the passion that we have sometimes against the wickedness of this generation, the sin, the disgusting filth that we see out there, it is easy to start to put the person with the sin. And we need to guard our hearts so that we're not hating them We're hating the sin because it's so easy to say, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah, it's a lot easier said than actually done in our hearts. And we could become so passionate, which is great, but we want to be able to love the person, see them as the valuable soul that God sees them as. Amen? We all have the same call to be fishers of men, and we need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus He had mercy, grace, compassion. We cannot allow the disgusting things of this wicked generation to get into our hearts, to turn against people. And I want to give you an example. And if right now you're going to be able to see the difference between me and a Pastor Susie, okay? I was talking on the phone with Susie, and um, she was talking about the inauguration. You know, it's already like, ugh. Like, I'm, I'm like, inauguration. <laughs> but she said something. She said, yeah, J-Lo and Lady Gaga uh, performed at the inauguration. And I'm like, those filthy, disgusting women. You know, I said that. And she goes, Jesus loves them. Jesus has a plan for them, and I felt so convicted. I'm like, Susie, you're right. Let me pray. Lord, just bless JLo. I know she was messing with you guys, too, during that time, but it's so funny because that is the difference, man. Sometimes, even myself, I can become like, man, you are filthy, you filthy, rotten, nasty sinner, even though it's true, (laughs) but I don't want... I don't want that to get into my heart. I want to love people, man. I want to be like Jesus. And Jesus does not see JLo like that. He sees her sin like that, but her soul is still valuable. And I need to be able to look past her filthy actions and see a valuable person that I need to pray for. If I am so quick to just say, you filthy, nasty girl, and I don't even pray that the filthy, nasty girl gets saved, there's something wrong with my heart. Come on, we are not preacher angry. We're going to be preacher truth, right? Come on, go to John. Don't go there. I want to see if you guys know John 3, 16 and 17. So let's say John 3, 16 together on the count of three, okay? We're all going to have different versions. It's going to be okay. One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Very good. Who can tell me John three seventeen? Okay.
1: Uh, uh, okay. I guess I'm gonna try again. For God does uh, not condemn who do, who believes in Him, but those who who just don't know Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> You're butchering it. Could anybody tell me John three seventeen? the verse. That's not funny. Come on. No, you cannot. You can. Ding, 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 ding. Lawrence wins the prize of knowing the Bible. Yes. for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Sometimes we stop at John 3, 16, and that's it. Y'all need to know 17, 18, 19, 20, and so on and so forth, okay? We need to be like Jesus. Jesus was sent into this world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And if you look at the verses after, it's those people that choose to be condemned because they choose not to believe. They stand condemned. Jesus came to save, not to condemn. We go out to preach to save, not to condemn Amen? If they don't believe the message that we preach, they stand condemned on their own, out of their own free will. But that is not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is salvation. Hallelujah. We got to be preacher truth. Amen? Come on. Our 201 book talks about this, right? Talks about the doctors. Dr. Angry, Dr. Truth, Dr. Feel Good. We got to be able to tell the truth in love and we're telling the truth to people because we love them this is a way that we love them we preach the gospel to them a doctor that tells you the truth when you are sick is the best kind of doctor one that isn't concerned about just hurting your feelings or they're more concerned about you being healthy about you being strong About you living your best life now, right? And we know as preachers, the only way for anybody to live their best life now is to live with Jesus in their heart. Come on. Jesus was the best example of a truth preacher. He never preached a message to just make people feel good, and he was never full of judgment and wrath. He preached with strong language, and he spoke about sin very clearly but he was kind he was loving he was compassionate and he was forgiving and he made sure that everyone who was in sin knew that there was a cure to it we need to be preachers that preach against against sin but offer the solution the cure not to be afraid of people or worried about hurting them, but to speak the truth with compassion and love. If you could turn to John 1, 14. Come on. I want to be like Jesus. It says the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. He became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He he cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Jesus came with grace and truth. Has anybody in this room received grace from the Lord? Come on, I was a sinner. I was a wicked, wicked sinner. And I no I've, I've told you my testimony before, but one of the stories that came to my mind as I was thinking about this, about not having being gracious with others when I myself have received so much grace from the Lord. One of the things that I used to do when I was a sinner is I used to steal money from my father. My dad raised four children on his own. My mom died when I was uh, five years old, so he worked hard, man. My dad worked so hard, and he's such a good dad. He worked so hard to take care of us, worked long hours, made sure we always had everything that we needed, put us through a private uh, Christian school for education. He paid the tuition. I mean, he just took care of us so good as a one-parent home of four children. And how did I repay him as his little girl? I stole his money to buy drugs, to buy different things, to give it to my friends. Come on, wicked. That is wicked. He didn't deserve that. I have received the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. When I started 101, I could not even get through the first chapter without the Holy Spirit telling me you cannot move on until you go tell your dad the truth. I had to go. I was crying the whole way there. I said, I got to confess. I got to confess. I got to my dad's house. I went upstairs, and I asked him if I could, I mean, he was scared because I'm just weeping. He's like, "Oh, I mean, I've already told him I was pregnant out of wedlock. I'm sure he was like, what is she going to tell me now? Is said, again, you know? But no, Jesus changed my life. Amen. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, I have been stealing from you for years. I have taken so much money from you. I could cry right now. I have taken so much money from you and just squandered it on everything. I can't even tell you how much I've taken. And he looked at me and he said, he said, money comes and goes, but you're my daughter and I forgive you. Dude, that moment, I received so much grace and I understood God's grace on such a different level through my father. I, how can I now go out and not give the same grace that I have received. And I think some of us can be a little bit um, maybe naive or maybe we just get used to living the Christian life. We forget what God has done for us. We get so far removed from who we used to be, it's like, I don't know that person anymore, but man, we need to remember who we were. We need to remember the anger. We need to remember the drug addict. We need to remember what God took us from so that we can give the same grace that we had received. Amen? Be compassionate. The Great Commission is for all of us, and we have it on the back wall. I really hope that you have read this one, okay? Don't go there. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You guys should be able to say this. Who's going to do it? Oh, nobody is. <laughs> okay. Hey. You know what? I feel like Team A over here has had a lot of turns. Team A. <laughs> they're seniors. They're, they're, they're about to graduate. Come on. Somebody could say the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me. Go ahead. Yeah, do it. You got it. You got it, girl. Can you give her a mic, please? I'm so happy that Libney has at least tried. Can you guys give it up for Libney? Come on. Uh,
1: therefore, go and make disciples of all nation, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, um, commanding them to um, teach, yeah, teaching them, no, commanding them to. to <laughs> teaching them to obey. Right. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded um, to you.
0: And, and, Shirley. Uh, and Shirley, I
1: will be with you till the very end of the age.
0: Yes, Yay. Amen. Give it up for her. Come on, we are commissioned on this earth to go and make disciples. We cannot make disciples of people if we first do not win them to the Lord. We have to win them to the Lord and then make them disciples, make them, teach them how to obey the commands, walk with them in this life, baptize them, amen? Many of you were, were uh, saved in the same type of way. Someone told the gospel to you and now you are here as a disciple so that you can now go and do the same thing. Go and be a fisher of men, right? Right? Come on. Following in the steps of Jesus, full of grace and truth. We will always have someone to rebuke, okay? I love that when I asked you how do you love people, one of the answers was we rebuke them. <laughs> I love people so much. I'm just gonna rebuke, rebuke, rebuke. No. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> Come on. The, but I think sometimes we can get a little bit not carried away, but I think we do need to also guard our hearts from always just trying to rebuke and correct somebody, okay? There are Christians that are always going to disagree with us. It is good to debate. It is good to get the truth out and to do those things, but we cannot be consumed with just trying to go after other Christians and trying to just correct other Christians. We need to be consumed with the souls of those that are out there that have never heard the gospel, It is a both and, but I want you to be consumed with what the heart of God is consumed with, and it is the souls of men. We will always have someone to rebuke. There will always be a correction. Even Paul tells Timothy, right, that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the people of God are going to be well-equipped. And I know I'm paraphrasing. But if you go down a few verses in 2 Timothy, it tells them again to rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You don't have to turn there. But I think sometimes as Christians, we can get a little bit carried away or or, uh, really passionate to rebuke and correct and encourage. And then we forget the part with great patience and careful instruction. We are still called to love people through the rebuke. We are still called to the fruit of the Spirit through the rebuke. Come on, don't forget to be like Jesus. You're trying to share Jesus with the world. Be like him, okay? Come on, my heart for us is that we would not be consumed again with just rebuking and correcting everybody, but consumed with the souls of men. Here are four things that your beautiful 201 book talks about, and I'm going to go through them. Number one, as preachers that have preached the truth, grace and truth, we need to always be able to see the Lord. Let's go to Isaiah 6, 1 through 9. As we preach, we need to understand that what we are doing, what we are preaching is for Jesus, It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each wing, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another: Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voice, the door and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and with my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he has taken from the tongs of the altar." With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Never forget who you are going out for. You are going out for Jesus because he called you. He said, Who will go for me? And we said, Hey, we are unclean. He touched your lips and said, you are clean now. Go. Amen. Come on. We are doing this for an audience of one. We do not do it like the preachers that we've seen come before us, the feel-good preachers, to get a reputation, to get more money, to use the people so I can get a new car or new shoes or whatever the case may be. We do it for the audience of one because if we live for people, listen, if you live for their praises, if you live for the accolades of man, you will die by their criticism. The moment that they don't like you you will be destroyed we need to keep our eyes fixed on jesus remember the call that he has given to us number two you need to always see the harvest if you can turn to john 4 so we always see the lord in our preaching we always see the lord whenever we go out to preach to other people with grace and truth And we always see the harvest. It says, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back to one more and go, that's not where I need to be. But it's a good verse. (laughs) Go down to uh, verse 34, please. No, John 4, 34. There you go. Yes. So go up one verse, please. 33. It says, then his disciples said to each other, can someone have brought him more food? My food, Jesus said, uh, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open up your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvest crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another other reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Always see the harvest. We have to be able to look out into the world and see a harvest of lost souls. The harvest is ripe. And even if we are rejected by some, you need to remain faithful and you will win souls. Eventually, you'll look behind you. Right now, you might not see anybody, but eventually, as you keep on working the fields, as you keep on going out into the harvest, as you keep on putting your net out, as you keep on preaching the gospel with truth and grace, as you keep on going and remaining faithful, even when you don't see the fruit, even when people insult you, even when they persecute you, eventually, there will be a time in your life where you look behind you, and you'll start to see the disciples that you made you'll start to see the souls that you saved you'll start to see the people lining up behind you because you remained faithful to the end always see the harvest when you look out there always see the need number three luke ten thirty three. this is like the good samaritan that malia said earlier this is the story let's just read verse 30 it said but the samaritan as he traveled came where the man was And when he saw him, he took pity on him." We know the story that there were so many that came before looking at the man that was hurting, looking at the man was broken and they crossed the street, they went around him, they didn't wanna be bothered, they didn't wanna be touched by him. But the most unlikely person that came walking down saw the man and he is the one that had pity on him and helped him. Do not close your eyes to the needs of this world, to the needs of those out there. We should never take our eyes off of them. We should be the one like the good Samaritan who passes by and catches the need and says, I can be the one to fulfill that need. I can be the one to reach down and give you a hand and help you up. I can be the one to buy you a burger if you're hungry. I will not overlook the needs of man. We need to have eyes of compassion and understand that there is a devil out there and his main objective in this world is to kill, steal, and destroy. And it's not only towards your life and your neighbor's life, Right there. It is every soul out there. His whole aim is to kill every single person that God has created. Every single person, from the transvestite to Joe Biden to whoever it is, they were made in the image of God, and the devil hates them and wants to destroy their soul and wants to take them to hell with him. So that is his objective to take as many people to hell with him. So let's give them some trouble and take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Amen. Come on, always see the need, and the last one, always see your ministry. Second Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Come on, always see the Lord, always see the harvest, always see the need, and always see your ministry. 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. I should have had you guys say that one without looking too. All this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. What is your ministry? It's a ministry of reconciliation. That is your entire ministry. That is your aim on this earth. This is the reason that you preach the gospel, so that man can be reconciled to God, just like Christ did for us. Come on, we now preach that message that we have received. Now never stop. Never quit. Never give up. Remain faithful to the end. Love God and love people. Come on, say love people and God will give you the strength. If you can start heading back there, we're going to play a song and I want all of us to kind of come up here and I want you to listen to those words of this song. But God will give you the strength to accomplish everything that he has set your heart to. He has given you a purpose. He has given you a calling to be an evangelist, to be a pastor, to be uh, a prophet, whatever your Your calling is to be a woman's pastor, to to start homes, to start drug rehabs, whatever it is. Can you guys come forward to the altar, please? God will give you the strength that you need to accomplish those things. We're going to listen to this song because I want to have eyes of compassion I want to have eyes like Jesus. I want to love people. I don't want to become so angry. I don't want to see their wickedness and because of my passion against the wickedness, start to not love the person. I want to take my time. I want to be able to see them the way that Jesus saw me. I want to be able to pray for them the way people prayed for me when I was so lost. I want to be gracious. I want to be kind. Jesus, give us eyes of compassion. Give us hearts of compassion. We want to be like you, Lord. Come on, let's lift up our hands and let's worship and let's listen to the words of this song. You turn it up just a little bit.
2: When I see pictures of tragedy, don't let him Mm -hmm. Turn it up just
0: a little bit more. I hear you say to me, well done, oh, I thank you, Jesus, I thank you,
3: Jesus,
0: come on, let's turn it down, I want to play it one more time, but a little bit quieter, and we're going to turn this mic, or put this mic around, and I want everybody just to pray what's on your heart that God would give you eyes of compassion if he puts a certain people group on your heart, that your heart would break for them, that you would truly love them, whether it be the black community, the gay community, or or the, the Muslim community. I just want you all to pray what is on your heart, that God would give you eyes of compassion, that the things of this world will not get old to us, that we wouldn't see pictures of tragedy and be like, eh, it's just the same old, same old. But we would, our hearts would break for those that, that lose their life that don't know Christ. You could go ahead and start playing the song. Just play it softly in the background. And let's take turns praying. Pray for about 30 seconds to a minute and we will close out.
1: Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy, Lord, in my life. Lord, I pray that you will continue, Lord, to show me how to be compassionate like you are, Lord, um, not only to the people that are in the streets, Lord Jesus, but the people who are in my family, Lord, the people who I live with, Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, you will help me not take, um, just take over, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will increase in my heart and I will decrease, Jesus. Help me be an example to others, Lord, and it's how you have extended grace to me, Lord, that I will do to others, Jesus. Yes, Lord, thank you for this word, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and kindness upon me. Thank you for my salvation that I could then be fishers of man. May I never forget that, God. May you give me the eyes of compassion. May you open up my heart and break my heart for my family. Continue breaking my heart for my friends, God, and the nation, so that even though... Even though they are far apart from you, God, may I be able to be that person, to pray pray for them continuously, to show my love on them and take care of their needs, God, that I don't forsake them, God, but that I will be there for them as you were there for me, as you remain faithful, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us this time to pray to you, God. Right now, I just have in my heart, God, to lift up um, the, the country of North Korea, God even though they put this picture that they're flourishing, God, even though the dictator is lying to the world saying, oh, we're fine, we're fine, we're the best country on earth, Lord, there's so many children there that are dying, there's so many people that are poor, and that they're in poverty, God, I just ask that you break our hearts for them, God, that they don't, they're not even allowed to read the Bible there, God, they're, the, uh, the government takes their, takes the, the crops of their people, God, I just ask you, Lord, that you will break our hearts for them, God we don't i feel like we don't pray enough for them god and i feel like they're one of the worst countries out there so lord i just ask you that you will provide the gospel god in whatever way that you can god that you will make that country flourishing but only because the people have started to repent believe in you god i just thank you so much for what you're doing here lord i just ask that what you're doing here god you will bring over there in the name of jesus
4: Oh, Lord, I pray for the false prophets, Father God, and the teachers, God. Oh, the ones that don't preach your word, God. That they preach a a watered-down word, God. That they preach another gospel, God. Oh, Lord, that we have compassion with them, Father God. That we see the value in them. Oh, Lord, because it's so quick to get angry with those that don't preach the true word. And that are leading hundreds astray, God. Lord, I pray that we still see the value in them and that we don't get angry at them, but we show them the same love you showed them, the same love you showed the Pharisees, God, and that you were willing to talk to them and lead them, oh, to the cross, Father God, that we continue to lead the false teachers to the cross first, God, though they may not lead others, God, that we lead them first, oh, Lord, that we see them for the value that they have. That they can be mighty warriors of your kingdom, oh, in your mighty name,
5: God. I just pray for the LGBTQ community, God. God, I pray that you will break my heart for them, Lord God. That 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 as we preach the gospel to them, Lord God, that it will be. In love, Lord God, and in truth, Lord God, that we will be telling them about their sin, Lord God, but also bringing them to the cross, Lord God, because that's what matters at the end of the day, God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would break my heart for them in a supernatural way, God. Lord God, that I would look them, look at them, Lord God, as souls, Lord God, not just as people who are diminishing the name of Christ, Lord God, but as souls, Lord God, who are valuable to you, Jesus, who are valuable to your kingdom, God, Lord, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you will just have your way, God, have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name, break my heart, break other people's heart for this community, God, that it will be changed and transformed by the power of the gospel, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that in the day and age that we live in, God, where there's so much evil, there's so much hypocrisy, God, there's so much division, there's so much confusion, there's so many bad examples, God, help me not get hard-hearted and push it all away and say, forget it, these people are lost, these people are evil, there's wickedness over here, there's confusion over there, Lord, I pray that the division would not hinder God what you've called me to do but that in the midst of all of it Lord God I would press on even more I'd be more passionate I would be more loving I'd be more patient I'd be more kind Lord God and I would stick it through Lord and run my race Lord your word says that the love of many will grow cold God let it not be my heart let it not be my heart God let my heart not grow cold when everybody else's are Lord Holy Spirit, help me to shine your light and show the love of Christ, God, in its fullest, truest form in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Hallelujah, come on. Lord, I just ask you that you would help us all to be loving, to show your compassion, to have your eyes for those that are lost, for those that are hurting and broken, God. Oh, that we would see past the filth, past the wickedness, that we would see valuable souls oh jesus help us to love them even when they don't love us help us to love them even when they are cursing you out and saying filthy things against you god though we do hate their sin god help us to love them help us to see them as valuable help us to see them as people that you still died for that you still care for, that you still want to be saved. And that's why you have not come yet, because you are patient, because you don't want them to perish. You are not angry with them to the point where you want them to perish. You're being patient. You're holding back your wrath in hopes that they would repent. Give us the same heart. Give us the same heart, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Let heart be Hallelujah. Come on, let's just finish with the rest of this song. Let our hearts be broken, Jesus. Compassion. Hallelujah.
3: Come
0: on, strong. I want to hear you say, well done. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for this time that we had together. We thank you for this word. We thank you that your word is alive and active, that we can literally take one verse, oh God, and apply it to our lives. We pray, Lord, that all of us would do just that and apply this word in every area of our life. In Jesus' name amen and amen won't give it up for jesus